Bretto, two wellness base camps down, one to go. That's right, MP. After a sensational day in my hometown of Adelaide, the wellness base camp heads to Kayama on June the 2nd. Fuad Kassab, his sultry tones will be there. The gorgeous Helen Patteron. Maria Zushman, all about stress, the queen of stress. The incredibly handsome Marcus Pierce. Oh, Bretto, you're too kind. The hometown hero from Adelaide, the remarkable Dr. Brett Hill. <laughs> going to be a great day, MP. And the best part is when you register for Kayama now, not only do you get two tickets for the price of one, you also get our recordings from the Wellness Base Camp in Brisbane, valued at $97. Oh, wow, MP. Brisbane was a great lineup too. We had the Up For Chat girls, Cindy O'Meara, Kim Morrison, Karen Smith. It's a fantastic recording to chuck in. Eight presentations from Brisbane. Saturday, June 2 for Kayama at the incredible pavilion overlooking the ocean, Bretto. I don't want to sound biased, but it is the most remarkable venue that we've had for the Wellness Base Camp so far. Saturday, June 2, two for one tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Quirky Journey. I'm your host, Joe Witten, and with me today, I have my good friend, Mary Kelly. Uh, we don't have Fuad with us today. He's still away on his big adventure, but he'll be back soon. And Mary and I are going to be talking through um, all sorts of things about when you finish gaps and when you're starting to move on and learning to let go and teaching kids responsibility, all sorts of things like that. So um, we were thinking about how long it's been since we had a podcast together and I think it's been about a year, Mary. I feel like it was a year. It doesn't. But um, for those of you who don't know Mary, which you probably all do because she's awesome and amazing, but if, just in case you don't, Mary has done a few podcasts with us before. So the very first one would have been a couple of years ago and we talked about her story and um, her son's amazing journey of healing from, can you list all the things, Mary? <laughs> it's such a thing. Many, many, many disorders. <laughs> Behavioural and physical yeah yes. yeah um and that was through gaps mostly and um also all of her family and herself just the amazing journey that they've been on and mary um did a lot of coaching with gaps and um we also talked in another podcast about your journey through anxiety and healing um that side of things yes. um and then i think we did one on parasites and who knows what else. And Mary's also spoken for us at our gut health retreats up here in Far North Queensland, or one of them. We've only had yeah. two. And, um, oh, it was so amazing. I still, like, it's just that time of year again. It's coming into that time of year. And um, it's making me think of it and thinking, I wish we could do it again. But I don't think it's happening yet this year because we've just oh. got so much else on. But It, it would, was a year ago. That's yeah, right, it, it would be April. Yeah. 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 And it was beautiful weather and so we're starting to get the good weather back now we've had so much rain um so it wouldn't have been a good year to do it this year because we've it's been flooded the property everything's been flooded up here so but one day we'll do it again and we'll get Mary back because it was amazing but since that time um so Mary's been on another 
stage of her healing journey. And I thought, you know, it'd be great to get you back on the show, Mary, and just have a chat through what's been happening for you in the last year or so, because I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of our gut health program members absolutely love you and they want to know how you're doing and what's, oh, what's okay. happening yeah. for you and um, what, what you've been getting up to with your business and your work and your home and your kids and you've moved out to the farm. And so tell us, tell us, tell us your story. So maybe just give a little overview of your, um, you know, your background and story for those who don't know you and then we'll go on to what's been happening lately. Sure. Okay. So um, the, the overview is that um, I didn't <laughs> Where do really I start, she says. <laughs> it's, yeah, this is nothing. It's like, <laughs> it's, I didn't realise that I had spent a number of years, I, well, I suppose I did realise, but I didn't ever um, qualify myself as worthy of healing until I gave birth to a son who was, in my opinion, worthy of healing. Mm. And so um, there's been a huge journey um, focusing on my little boy, Daniel, who for the first five years of his life was diagnosed with many disorders um, and a failure to thrive because he couldn't uh, tolerate any food at all. The the doctors told us he should have nil by mouth when he was 18 months old. Um, And so he was on a hyperallergenic formula until he was five with a handful of safe foods. Mm. uh, and very much the opinion of um, we needed to accept that this is just who he was. Uh, very medicalized, um, seven different scripts that I was I was spending thousands of dollars wow, at, the, at the pharmacy every month. Um, uh, and then a second child that also was showing signs of intolerance and behavioral disorder. Um, and then, you know, never looking at Stu and I. Well, it was weird. We, we knew we weren't healthy. Stuart was also losing safe foods, but... I don't know why as parents you don't consider yourselves worthy of healing. Mm. It's just that when you're given the job of raising children, that suddenly this big lioness mm-hmm. comes, protection lioness comes in, and then you, you engage in this huge healing journey. We found um, gaps uh, at the very, we were at the very lowest point in Danny's health story. Um, he had been hospitalized three or four times that year. He was, he was four years old, uh, about to turn five. And, um, uh, and he was not, responding to treatments and this was um for gas for all sorts of different things gastro asthma he broke his arm twice that year so there was a lot of trauma around danny um we uh i I knew at that point in the hospital where he wasn't responding to a simple rehydration treatment that uh, this wasn't going to work anymore that um Mm. it was getting to the point where the doctors who had always been out we'd put them up on a pedestal um could now no longer actually even manage the symptoms Mm. so um, we knew we had to go and find what the root cause was and resolve it and we knew what it was we just hadn't been in the mindset to do gaps yeah Um, so this gut and psychology syndrome book that we'd read when he was two years old um, but at that time I was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder as well Mm. as postnatal depression so yeah it was just it was too much for me so when um but at this point I was I was getting better I felt I felt that I had some grace over my life mm. and my mind. And so we um, we prepared for gaps. We had to uh, get Danny onto a number of safe foods um, in order to be able to do the intro diet. That took three months of putting drops of broth into his formula and building it up and then noticing that even just with a small amount of broth, his, his gut was just obviously just loving it and mm-hmm. um, was suddenly responding to the point where we were now able to add a few vegetables. And so I think we had three safe vegetables and lamb broth, wow. short cooked. And we thought, okay, that's it, we'll do intro. 
So we did intro, um, and all oh, the details I could go into would take uh, us a long time. Go but back. I will we'll say, we'll yeah. put the link to the original podcast so people can go back and hear the detailed story if they haven't. But yeah, it's amazing. Yes, it's a, yeah, it's a good story, but mm, the so encouraging, short, miraculous. Um, part was that he went from having 15 life-threatening allergies and 44 intolerances um, <laughs> that we knew of to um, within six weeks he had a handful of nut allergies left. Just, and it still just blows my mind. I tell people about you all the time. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it blows so my mind. Encouraging. And sometimes I think, oh, it was really sweet. The kids have been watching old videos on the TV. Our TV set up as a computer so they can find yes. all where we – and they found a folder that – was called um, pre-GAPS videos. Oh, and wow. We, we interviewed the kids. I forgot that we did this. Oh, that's and awesome. Yeah, it was ju- It was the, the night before GAPS intro. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> and we interviewed Danny and myself yeah. and explained what it was that we wanted and what miracle we were asking for. Oh. And um, this little four, five-year-old boy in his little list explaining how he felt and how he did not want to feel this way anymore. And um, oh. And then you all cried oh, watching that. It was good for them because they've forgotten. Yeah. They've been so healthy for so long now that they've forgotten what it was yeah. like. And so when we've now entered a phase, so so we did GAPS intro. He healed incredibly. We did full GAPS for four years before we started to introduce um, more like nourishing tradition foods, like yes. properly made sourdoughs and uh, spelt pastas and things like yeah. that. And the kids have always just been chomping at the bits to no longer be on GAPS. Mm. And um when you've had a child that is so, uh, well, when his life is threatened by food, yeah. there is a huge journey that you go on as a mother to um, to stop white-knuckling the journey <laughs> and to stop completely trying to control everything yeah. and to start actually not being afraid of your child's choices and to start mm. understanding that even if he makes the wrong choices, everything is resolvable. Yeah. So that's where we are in our journey now. I love that. that was, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of, I think you need to say that bit again for all the mums. Yes. yes. So there comes a point in your journey where you have to accept that you've healed and that you have to accept that you are not in control of their health. You are just trying to influence it. And the point that I reached was where I realized that I had been white knuckling the whole time yes. and, it was like God was trying to un, undo my fingers from the reins and go, you know what? It's time for your child to make some choices and you need to stop being afraid of his choices because even though he makes the wrong choices, it's all resolvable. I love that. Yeah, and that's been, that has been not just for this journey on gaps. That has been my whole life mm-hmm. trying to control outcomes, learning oh, that yes. huge lesson in this, in this environment of food because yeah. it's very um, – it's a very good teaching environment. Yes. Uh, and it's know. relatable to so many areas of life. It is to all. In, <laughs> all in my, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm always comparing things back to that and I'm like, oh, it's just yeah. like with gaps or it's just like with yeah. people. It's a circle, it, isn't it? All of it our is. life is made up of these circles of yes. experiences and they all link together in a chain. Yes. You know, that makes up our whole life. And they all start with a message and they end with being reminded of that original message. Yes. And that's what's happening. And you move on. But um, the kids, for the kids to watch those videos, they've been talking about it the whole week. I bet um, after it, and and Eden, she's so sweet. She's very, she's very um, precocious, and she speaks beautifully. And she comes to me, and she goes, "I had no idea that we <laughs> were so sick, and that we are now so well, Mum." Oh, really? And she said to me, 
that gap stuff really was worth it, wasn't it? Oh, it's adorable. <laughs> I know, but in some ways I'm just like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> you have no idea. We're the ones that bear all the stress and burden of I the know. healing. They just it's just life to them you know yeah that's right oh, it would be have... so good if you could share those like uh, do a little before and after to. snippet oh i can't wait to see yeah. it <laughs> yeah brilliant i'll have to do it it's just yeah, brilliant. You, yeah yeah definitely five years on yeah wow <laughs> oh, four years on i don't know yeah four oh. yeah well we, you must be five years on by now because you were we're getting 2000, yeah we were november 2013 was our first okay because yeah we were october 2014 yes so we're yeah. a year ahead of yes yeah and way ahead of me in experience. I don't know how that happened, but anyway. Because <laughs> you had to go through so much. I think so, yeah. I became the expert. Oh, yeah. Well, you're, you're such a researcher and you have yes. that background, don't you? And so that's why you just went and go with it. Yeah. yeah. I've just, um, it's, it works for me because I've always wondered, I always, I've always had a good memory and I've always wondered what the point of it was, you know. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think God was like, here you go. So when I read something, I don't tend to forget it. And yes. now I've started to be able to apply that. Oh, and I was like, oh, I see awesome. now what the memory yeah. was about. <laughs> well, I wonder what Isaac will do with his memory. He has an amazing memory. <laughs> yeah, you'll see. There'll be an absolute, it might be a massive part of his life or it might be just a small yeah. part of his life where that memory will be the thing that sol- solves yes. everything for him. At the moment, he thinks he's going to be a linguist, so he's studying three languages, um, Japanese, okay. Chinese, and Korean. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I think what. that's where we'll go with Danny's language. Yeah. I think that's going to be something. Else. Well, I'd love for you to explain how he's changed in those years because you were telling me not long ago, if you want to share it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Um, Danny, we always knew from a very young age that he was very bright. He picked things up very, very early. And he was our first child, so the big joke was, oh, yes, we better call Mensa straight away. <laughs> we have a genius. <laughs> and it was a joke, but guess what? It's turned out to actually be a reality, and oh, it's been really amazing. interesting. He never had a problem um, with uh, his brain. He never had a problem in terms of um, retaining information and learning, and uh, he would lose himself for hours, even with all the health stuff that was going on. Um, but the problem that we found in the prison that he was in was his sensory processing disorder. Mm. So he... Um, he couldn't um, – he was in a prison of fear about the next noise or the next uh, yep. Isaac. Big <sighs> touch or the, next, the yep. next pain that was going to occur. And, um, and so he was kind of circling around life uh, trying to avoid situations where the noise was too loud or the light was too bright or mm. um, the pain was too much. And, um, uh, and so there were a few things that happened when – when we started on gaps and he healed so beautifully, uh, he started to hug and he'd never hugged. He'd wow. never hugged. And, and he explained it. He said, it's not sore to hug anymore. And oh, I was just, wow. I was, in one hand, I was, I was brought to my knees with yeah. how beautiful, but also with how did I not know? Yeah. Because they can't, yeah. they can't verbalize things well at, so when they're so young and you no. don't, you just don't realize but you also attach negative um, labels to them of, oh, he's such a wuss or yeah. he's such a fast Yes, part. yep, you know, I remember and I, that I, too with Isaac. Because he was such an intense kid, yep. I, um, I attached these labels to him to help me to deal with the intensity of him. It's not me, it's him, you mm. know, it's, uh, and he needs to get over that and all of that. Um, and anyway, so the sensory processing stuff definitely eased an enormous amount to the point where he, the diagnosis was removed, but he still is you know, a highly sensitive child. Um, and it probably has to do with that brain of his ridiculously mm. big yeah. brain. Um, and uh, he started, 
in the last year, um, I kept, uh, this was one of the big lessons of the control, letting go of the control. I kept associating every bad behavior that Danny um, had with a food that he had eaten previously. And it's something that gaps mums do because we know how much food affects, food affects behavior. Mm. And in many instances it does. But we reached a point where he had to start taking responsibility yeah. for his behavior. And we couldn't keep attributing it to food because then it wasn't his fault. And then he could carry on just mm. um, behaving in a way that was very instinctive rather than with self-control mm-hmm. and taking responsibility. Um, and then these last Christmas holidays, it got quite bad. And we really noticed it when we had um, family around that he wasn't coping like if two kids were playing and he was left out. Mm-hmm. Um, the emotional stuff, he was starting to have meltdowns that were very reminiscent of before gaps. Right. Um, and so in my mind, I started to go, oh, his gut is back to um, – where it was and, you know, it started mm. to get very – you do. You go down the wrong path. You go down yeah. the negative and worrying path. Well, you jump and back to what happened in the past straight away, don't you? Thinking you do. it's, it's a, happening it's a, again. And it's a trauma trigger yeah. for sure. And I'm not sure that I will ever recover from the trauma of, yes. of that. But I certainly hope I will. But um, so when he um, would behave like this completely out of control, um, I would threaten him with putting him back on intro. yes. And it, it very quickly became very negative right. uh, and, and uh, inappropriate mm. um, kind of a punishment. Yeah. And that's not what intro should be. No. Intro should always be a place where you can go. It's a safe place to mm. reboot if you're not feeling that well. Um, and luckily, my sister-in-law was um, with us at the time. And she is a um, – she's training is can you believe it, in New Zealand, gifted children have teacher aids. In the same way that autistic children have teacher aids. It's awesome. And it makes so much sense. Yes. So while she was there, my sister-in-law sat me down and uh, had a hard talk with me and said, Mary, you need to deal with this boy's giftedness. This frustration is not coming from food. It's a difficult conversation because we've never really seen eye to eye on how much food can impact behavior. Mm. But so for her to say that to me, it took me a moment. I, I smarted a little bit, you know, yes. oh, she, she doesn't understand. Yes. Um, but we very quickly got through that. And, um, and I realized that what she was saying was, was true, but it was also like I was being given permission to mm. move on. Oh, it was that's wonderful. so good. Yes. Yeah. And to see the bigger picture that that's it's a not positive just thing. the food. Yeah. You're ready, ready for the next step. Ready for the next step. And yeah. so we, we went back to the school and, um, spoke to the teachers and I, I recognized it straight away that he was coming home with his maths homework and he was crying because it was so boring that he felt he was being punished. Oh. It was like when you're at school and you're made to write lines, that's what he felt he was being told to do by having to do his 10 times tables. And so I, I went to the teachers and they were wonderful in this. And I said, come on, let's get this boy tested. And the reason I wanted to get tested was because I felt that when I had pointed out that he was really, really uh, needing a lot more mathematical challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that the teachers had that moment where they went, mm, you're just a mum who thinks your kid's a genius. Yes. Where yes. I had a teacher say to me, oh, he's not back right. You know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what I said? I went back and I said, you know what, let's get him tested and then we'll see. Yes. Um, and it was it was uh, terrifying when we got the results, actually. I thought it would be a one – it was in many ways a wonderful relief. Mm-hmm. But I remember um, – we got the results in the morning and that afternoon I went to pick Danny up from school and I was shy around my son Aww. because suddenly it was so precious that I could break it. Wow. Yeah, the, yeah, the results that we got were for um, 
he was definitely uh, up in the superior level of uh, of cognitive thinking. But yes. his mathematical ability, um, he was his, he was working at uh, university level. Crazy. And I thought he's in grade four. I thought he would be working at grade six level, and yes. that they'd need to give him a bit of extra work. And when they told me that. It, the first thing you think you'd feel is huge pride. I did not feel that. I just felt terror. Yeah, I, I think I'd feel terror like, too. What do I do with this kid? <laughs> exactly. What do I do? Because how can anyone feed a brain? And and yes. it, it also gave me a lot of relief of of uh, again permission. I need permission to feel ways. As you can see, there's a yeah. little trend here. But it helped me to feel. Um, I don't know if it was sadness or. Um, I just I looked back at the mum I was when he was so intense mm-hmm. and and I couldn't feed his brain fast enough. Yes. And um, it made me feel bad for her that I hadn't had this information. I knew it in my heart to be true. Yes. But um, but now that I had this information, I just felt this welling up inside of me. That same mother, mother lioness before gaps. You know, when we decided to stop gaps, came up inside me, and I was like, "That's it. I'm going to give this boy what he needs." And yeah. um. And so we're starting on that journey now. And so far, the teachers have been incredible. But I, I can see it. they're going to get overwhelmed the same way that I did. Because literally, you can give them a bit of extra work. That takes them five seconds. It's it's an enormous amount of resource that goes into being able to challenge a brain like that. Yeah. So, um, and you still want to – you obviously still want to keep them in with their age group and coping, yeah. you know, so that they're not sticking out like a sore That's thumb. It, yeah. Because no, he is still wow. just a nine-year-old. That's way. right. He's not, he's not 18 years old, no. even if his brain is there. But the other thing that has really helped us, and this was such a, a wonderful thing, was when we were going through gaps, and because we had to take so many choices away from Danny because of his allergies, mm-hmm. we decided that any time that we could give him independence or an ability to make a choice for himself, we would do that. Yes. And he kind of became a bit of a free-range kid where he was riding his bike, crossing big roads. I remember you saying that. <laughs> and his his little ego just went, you know, swelled yes. up. And he suddenly, suddenly he was such a cool kid at school because he was allowed to ride his bike to school and home. And the only reason I did it was I knew he is such a responsible child. Yes. You, yeah. I knew that for him. I'm, I wouldn't have done it with my second who's off with the fairies and if a butterfly <laughs> goes down that road, she's following it. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, although in saying that she now rides they ride five kilometers up and down hills to school from the farm oh, wow. um, and they do it together and they just get such a buzz out that's of it and awesome. that's just one of the ways um, but we let them wherever possible yeah. wander you yes. know in, in safe um, environments and um, and we give them enormous responsibility around the house and that's um, something and, that you've obviously built up over time. It's not something you just chuck them into. And I know oh, no. my yeah, parents yeah. did the same with us. And I remember I started riding my bike to school in beginning of grade two. And, oh. um, yeah, it was blocks away. And it mm. was – but I was very careful and my sister was with me, my big sister. And we were always encouraged to go exploring and to do things on our own and not – yeah, it was yeah. – and that was so good for us. But – yeah, obviously, and we were as as well. And I think, Joe, I think that there's been a generation where 24 hour news cycle mm. has freaked everyone out so much. Oh gosh, <laughs> I, you, know, you start me talking on this topic. There's the news cycle. <laughs> there's the politics. There yeah. is the corporates who yeah. need us to doubt all of our instincts mm-hmm. in order for them to be able to sell their products. Yes, and um, and there is this huge amount of fear mongering. Through fear mongering, <laughs> that's right. It's almost a fascism where mm. they, um, 
we were talking about this the other day. There was um, somebody posted online a comment that could have been on any newspaper or any pharmaceutical pamphlet mm-hmm. um, in this day and age. And the comment said, uh, sometimes society has to consider what is best for the nation rather than what is best for the individual. Hmm. And when the person, uh, so that was the post. And then the question was, who said this? And do you know, it was from Mein Kampf. In Hitler. Yeah, I was about to say, I bet it was Hitler. <laughs> it was Hitler. <laughs> yeah. And, yep. But but I hear but logical, rational I people know. using that argument for many yeah. different things. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. And I, I kind of, I'm like, how did we slide into a fascist yeah. way of thinking? We've just, yeah. it's all kind of happened very under the covers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it, it's a whole, like you say, it's a whole other subject. But mm. um, when we, I guess it depends so much on the place you live also cause, because some parents obviously couldn't just let their kids go off and explore. They're in the city or whatever. No, yeah. Um, yeah. It's so beautiful being able to live in the country, isn't it? We have that a lot yeah. more freedom um, for yeah. our kids to explore and to be kids. I, I agree. I, I do think that every family can do it to some degree. Yes. As long as you've got the processes in place and the will to do it. That's it. But and you you really, got, yeah. you've got to take it a step at a time and slowly let out the, um, you know, yeah. the boundaries, really take it yeah. slow. Um, you, absolutely. It's funny. It is, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying it is, it's uh, for the good of the nation that we're yes. going to be talking what's good for society. It is good for society that our children learn how to assess, assess risk. Oh, um, yeah. I just have to mention my husband came home yesterday and said, oh, have you got to read this article? Have you ever heard of this? And it was uh, a little boy in the 30s, 1930s, I think, um, named, and they called him Lenny the Legend. I don't know if you heard, it was just on the news recently and he was nine years old and the Sydney, Sydney Harbour Bridge was opening and he begged his father to let him go and they lived a thousand kilometres away and his father allowed him to go and he rode his horse to oh see gosh. the bridge and it was like he had started working the farm from like seven or nine or something because his oh. dad hurt his back and he was just the most responsible kid and I just think man yeah. what's happened to to us you know, we're, know. Such, we're so know. different in our day and age the kids just they don't um learn the responsibility like they used to and I'm not oh. talking about everyone else and not mine I'm talking about mine as well but, oh me too there's, yeah, there's definitely there's so much Oh, and it, it's really fascinating to me how we have convinced ourselves not to trust children's instincts. Yeah. Uh, it's a real message that is driven home over and over. And I understand kids don't have a fully functioning frontal yes, lobe, and there right. are many times <laughs> that we shouldn't. Trust and that's them. why you, you, you're very much watching over and keeping track of all that they're doing. And um, yeah. but, but being, I think one of the things I've really noticed with my kids is spending that. like heaps and heaps of time with them when they're really young having them constantly by your side teaching them in everything you're doing like talking through things as you're doing with them there um, and they're learning it and then you give them a little bit of leeway and say okay now you go and try it's like my mum for instance going back to food like we do (laughs) my mum saying to me okay you you've made cakes with me heaps of times now you go and make up a recipe and I think I was like seven and she would say okay what what goes into a cake what can you, you know, what do you think you should put in it? And you go and make one up. And it, of course I failed a few times, but she was right there. And I think yeah. that's in all of life, if you give your children opportunities to try while you're there watching over them so there's the safety. And then once you they're know, responsible, you let it out a bit. It's so true. The, the thing that I struggle with, it comes back to that control thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I, it's hard. Uh, my, my kids are learning to cook as well, just like that, and mm-hmm. it's, and it's beautiful. And they, um, you know, Danny's now responsible for. I say one meal a week, but let's be frank, it's one meal, meal a month. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you can manage. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that I struggle with, and I'm sure that many people listening will uh, feel the same, is the cost of my precious food. And if they make a mistake, it's, I can uh, feel I myself kind of going, hmm, yeah. no, I'm not sure that I want them to use all that <laughs> almond meal. That cost a fortune. <laughs> and how many kids have dumped a heap of coconut flour into the bowl? with everything oh else that, that happens. Oh, no, and you watch them with your precious ingredients. You're like, actually, you know what? I've changed my mind. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> you can crack the eggs. That's it. Yes, yes. you can crack the eggs. Yeah. But if the shell gets in, no, no, you can't crack the eggs anymore. <laughs> I have to get better at that. And I know some mums are really great at that. And I'm learning. That's that's one of those things that does not come naturally oh, to me. But I me see either. the value in it. Me yeah. And I, I remember the struggle that I felt when my kids were little of even – not just the patience, but also just the time it takes mm. to teach them like that. The time oh. is just such a, like, you just feel like you are never alone in those no, early years. That's it, yeah. But yeah. it does pay. And, like, I did post on on Instagram actually not long ago about it. Um, I, think it was a, I think it was one where my 20-year-old daughter, she'll sit there after dinner and read to me. Um, while I'm finishing my dinner and she'll just sit there with her, you know, she's got her legs up in the chair and she's all curled up and she's reading things to me or, um, you know, telling me about her day or, um, you know, and now we're like best friends. She'll come and sit on my bed and chat to me at night before I go to bed and, and I'll come and sit in her room and we'll just be talking and my husband will come in late at night and go, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're just talking. You know, it's, we've got this beautiful friendship now because of all that time that we spent together as, when she was little and it was exhausting but I'm so glad that I did it so worth it so (laughs) So worth it it. to make the time yeah absolutely yeah so we've sort of gone off track there but not really not really it's it's all it's all linked it's that circle of chain those chain links like you were saying yeah yeah so the big um the big thing for me and something I probably should speak more about is um in general not even just today but um is how to cope with uh, moving on. That's mm. a big one. I think you it's know? really important to, yeah. yeah, tell us some more about it. Well, it's the idea of accepting the healing yeah. and accepting because you've been on such a knife edge because in the first, the early stages of gaps, the body has become so sensitive um, that uh, even a slight deviation can cause a big reaction. Mm. And uh, we very much I notice a lot of people get into this headspace of you heal on intro not on full gaps yeah and that's you know, not that's, quite true <laughs> it's not it's fundamentally no. not true what you do is no. you set the body into a healing pathway on mm. intro you, you trigger it from a maintenance switch, mode switch over to healing mode yes yeah and it will do a lot on intro yeah but once you move on to full gaps it doesn't stop it doesn't slow down it keeps going and sometimes it used to really take us by surprise when things that we were um danny was highly allergic to he would accidentally be exposed to it and he would have no reaction to it and i'd be like oh he's still healing and and we all are still healing and and for Mm. me as a as an adult the healing that i've um the backwards and forwards with the healing that i've been through as well has been quite pronounced and um so oh that's what i was going to talk to you about was um so the family are all ready to kind of move on. We're, you know, we're having sourdough irregularly, probably mm-hmm. a few times a month. Yeah. And, if, you know, we've got um, some little treats, like the kids will have corn mm-hmm. every now and then. 
all of these things are a few times a month. Yeah. Um, there's a, a spelt spaghetti that you can get at the IGA. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah, um, to get that. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, these are the sort of things that we've been having them, and it just it just blows me away when we have them and there's no reaction. So happens. exciting. I'm still sitting there looking, waiting for the for the other penny to drop, and um, <laughs> which is wonderful. But the the downside of it all was that my health wasn't quite tracking with everyone else's. Yeah, um, and that's because I had another baby. Yes, and I know that's why, but it's still I still uh, was resentful of the fact that I um, I still seemed to be struggling so much with lethargy mm. and. And my mood, I, I didn't get depressed. I think what happened was I got stressed mm. because, uh, idiot that I am, <laughs> we, I had a baby. Three months later, I started a business. And then seven months <laughs> after that, we moved <laughs> oh, to the farm. Wow. So I moved to the farm with a one-year-old and a burgeoning farm business and then um, didn't know anyone and moved from having my parents living downstairs to oh, wow. No, to a no. town where we didn't know anyone mm. and my parents could, you know, are an hour and a half away. It's not so easy anymore. And, um, and the farm needed to be set up and then started collecting animals. And, uh, and so what I saw as, as potentially as postnatal depression or um, a real low patch hitting me again, um, it took me a long time to, to sit and actually write it all down and work through that. Actually, this was mm. postpartum depletion yes like that beautiful podcast that yeah. you did we'll have to link that one as well yeah this was postpartum depletion and it was a third baby as well and the third baby is the one that really tips you over the edge you know if you oh, really if you've had gut trouble actually yes most- Isaac was my third <laughs> yep there you go there you go <laughs> yeah and that's um actually that's in that podcast I'm pretty sure where he oh. talks about I hadn't actually considered that and he um, I didn't even remember that no yeah and I, I um I think your reaction was the same when he said it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to that one for a while. I need to, obviously. No, it's not your fault. This is the memory thing. Yes, yeah, <laughs> don't see? forget this. That's stuff. right. <laughs> Wait a minute. He said 10 years is usually about how long it takes to heal from postpartum depletion. So I should yeah. be over it. I'm yeah. you know, 14 I'm years. <laughs> That's a bit depressing for me. But we're. But I think we're ahead of the curve because we yes. know what to eat. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, but to actually accept, because people in society, you have your baby, and six weeks later, you're allowed to start exercising to get your pre-baby body back. Oh my goodness! And there's I'm no glad yeah, you no brought. I'm gl- so glad you brought that up. Isn't that crazy? It, you know, it's heartbreaking it in many ways back. because it it doesn't have. There's no grace for mothers yeah. to actually just be in the body that yes. made a baby and, um, for so, and, however long they need to be. And, you know, you, you've you got to get that stomach back flat, you know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> never going to never gonna happen. <laughs> no, I don't think mine's going to ever happen to. Hang on, hang on from the stomach, the yeah. washboard stomach that I've never had but I, I really want. Um, <laughs> but, the, you know, the fact is um, we, we actually apply it to ourselves even though we know it's not true. I was mm, yeah. ranting about why am I not bouncing back? Why am I not bouncing mm. back? And when I, you know, put it all down on paper, of course I'm not bouncing back. I um, I had a baby. It was my third, and it was my third after a miscarriage. Yeah, and I that's hadn't true. quite recovered from that. And um, there was uh, the hyperemesis I had during the pregnancy just wrecked my gut. It, it wrecked my liver. Is that um, the? Um, can you just explain that for those who don't know? It's the being really, really sick during pregnancy, right? Yes, it was yeah. made famous by Kate Middleton. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yes, I should but know really, this, but you know, I never watched the news. <laughs> yeah. so it's, it, 
I didn't. I had nine months of it, and I had nine months of it with Eden, and yeah. then I had nine months of it with Ash as well. And there were other symptoms, really awful symptoms, and oh. I just um, wow, nine. The only thing I could eat really for nine months was ironically eggs. Um, huh. I think that would be the one thing you wouldn't feel like that was all I wanted. And I know it probably saved my bacon, but um, nonetheless, <laughs> eggs and bacon. <laughs> <laughs> it had completely worn me down, and then wow. um, so so there were all of these areas in my life where. If I had just sat down and thought about it, I would have had more grace um, mm. for myself and and patience. But um, the stress of life was adding up, and I needed to have the energy to be able to cope with so many different things in my life. Mm. And um, and so I got really low about that. Um, yeah. And at this at the same time, I stopped doing the coaching on your page, and yeah. it was because I just realized I've got too many things. That oh, I've, you're juggling so many things. Yeah. And there there um, I, I didn't have healthy boundaries either. I was I've been mm. through a whole learning lesson about. Um, about setting healthy boundaries, yeah. not not just with um, with uh, people on my page, but with my family, mm. um, you know, so that I can focus on this little nuclear here on the farm, the you know, my children and my husband. That's mm. who I'm on call for. Yes, and and no one else. And then yeah. there is my parents outside of that, and then my my immediate relations, and then my friends, and then and mm. these boundaries that I've never had healthy boundaries. Right. I've always been on call to whoever needed yeah, me. Yeah, I'm a bit so, like that too, and I've had to really learn that. Oh, it's it's, it's such a powerful lesson in life that um, – Sorry. Oh, no, that's I okay. I interrupt but, uh, too much. <laughs> that's good. See, that's good. We just chatting. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'm still in that phase of actually learning mm. how to how to have healthy boundaries. So now I understand the concept, and so I can apply that concept. But yes. I still feel terrible. I yeah. still feel terrible that I'm not replying to a person who I've never met who's sending me an urgent message. I know I do too. Yeah. So, so now I have to get to that phase where I'm actually okay with having boundaries. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my sister has just world, moved here from. Sorry. My sister's just moved back here. She was away from here for ten years. She was down south and. She's really helping me because she's like, Joe, you're not coming and having coffee with me. You're not spending time with me. When I come over to help you, you go to the office to work. And oh, like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we had a movie night the other night and we've been out for coffee and I'm making sure I spend time with it. When she's here, we'll sometimes cook together. And so that's, that's my work lovely. for the day. And But it's really because for so long I haven't had my sisters around. I've sort of lost oh. the knack. Um, yeah. and it's, it's really lovely to have her back and it's helping me to focus more on family. It's good. Oh, that is wonderful. That yeah. is so, uh, my sister's an hour away and it's Aww. still too far. <laughs> She's just had a baby and I just want to be walking with our prams down the promenade together. But Aww. no, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to get her to move up here. I think that's yes. probably going to solve that. That will, that will work. I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast because it's very much, uh, you know, um, a secret mission. <laughs> Don't tell her. Okay. Her name's not Megan Roderick. Okay. <laughs> oh, sisters, gotta love them. Yeah, no, but um, but but really, really fascinating. Um, new, and this is the kind of the new lessons that we're into. We're mm. into. Um, uh, it's okay to eat things that aren't on gaps because we're well enough to cope. Um, it's okay for me to move on to dealing mm. with my son's giftedness now because now we have the time mm. and the space and the healing to be able to make that our new focus. Yeah. And it was also okay for me to move backwards and go back onto intro while everyone else was moving forwards. Yeah. And you know, and and to actually focus on my own healing and um. And, and put the kids in front of Peppa Pig for hours and hours on end. <laughs> so you could sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's okay, mum, to take some time out for yourself. 
<laughs> I know um, on the one hand I'm saying make sure you spend plenty of time with the kids but there's a balance like you do have to take off and have some time alone and even when I did have um, little children and I was doing that full-on time 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 with the kids um, that's when I started um, working a little bit from home and um, the first thing I did was working for Thermomix and I used to go off to the um, demos you know, maybe once or twice a week I'd go and do a, dem- a cooking demonstration yeah. and I remember I'd hop into the car and I'd go, oh, so lovely going somewhere oh. by myself and being with adults and just going and doing something I love and um, you yeah. do need that. And I would also even just going grocery shopping by myself. Oh, my goodness, it was so awesome. <laughs> oh, so easy and you just get it done. So, so easy. So, yeah. One of the things that we've done is we've taken our calendar and any event, and forgive me if you're a friend who's listening and I cancelled, <laughs> we just cancelled like yeah. 10 weekends in a row. Oh, sorry, we're busy. And all we've done is farming. Ah, oh, that's so oh, good. So wonderful. You know, because it's always been this pressure in the back of us that, yeah. and we've been like, have we made the wrong choice moving yeah. out to the land? Because the land, wow, it does need a lot of love. But when you actually take all the other noise out of your life, yeah. and you just simplify. Farm, oh, it's so pleasurable and you that's get so, so much. Good exercise and sunshine and fresh air and and you start to see like we just um staked out our huge big veggie garden in the front paddock and and in your mind you can see you can see all the compost going down and the plants starting to grow and the fence going up and it's just uh it's very very good for the soul so there's been this one so good so good and um there's been a wonderful kind of um lesson uh, that i didn't expect to learn Hmm. of of boundaries and and healthy relationships and and honoring your family and your yes. husband and uh, and self control as well. You know, I was losing my rag a lot with the kids and I was blaming mm. it on what I was eating. But actually, it's the same with Daniel. You know, I did the same thing with him. Um, <laughs> going back to intro, I did get a very very balanced um, mental health going and yep. which gave me an, enough time to be able to focus on how to actually apply emotional self-control do you think a lot of times when we get really stressed and anxious and losing it with the family and just feeling like we can't cope with life in general it's a lot of it is to do with the way that we pile things on ourselves I think it is for me (laughs) I think I think it's the boundaries Mm. I think it's not having healthy boundaries and those healthy boundaries Letting yeah. ourselves be pulled by everyone and everything and everything is urgent. That's it. When really we're not doctors, we're not no. on call, no. no one's dying. No. Nothing. The only urgent thing really, and, and I actually watched a, an amazing woman, her name's, I want to say it's right, Havila Cunnington. She's an American pastor, I think. Okay. And she did a podcast recently on her page where she basically said, these are the five lessons and I only got through one and two before I was like, it blew my mind, so I stopped watching it and I'll go back to it. <laughs> you think about it for a while. <laughs> yeah. And number one, she said, was um, when she started her, her business, uh, she was 27 without kids, mm-hmm. and they didn't they had Hotmail. They didn't have Facebook yet yes. or Instagram. And, and as her business grew, so these new platforms all came online, and each one came with uh, an inbox oh. and uh, a way of contacting her. And then yeah. she had children. and. People were used to her responding immediately to yeah. things. And well, that sounds like me. <laughs> yes. And she hadn't learnt healthy boundaries. Yeah. And not just healthy boundaries with people, but with mm. her job. Yeah. 
she hadn't learned. And so this guy, Danny Silk, he sits her down and he goes, I hate to break it to you, honey. You're not a doctor. Yeah. You're not on call. <laughs> you know, that person who desperately needs to talk to you, they can wait two days. Oh, but, that's, you know, it's that's not a really surgery. good thing to, I'm going to remember, I'm going to say that to my Fouad <laughs> says this stuff to me all the time and I've gotten yes. so much He's better good. over the last couple of years because he's always saying to me, Joe. This yeah. is not urgent. Yes, I'm like, you are not but, but, on call. Okay, it's not urgent. It's not urgent. Okay, and no one's going to so, die. Sorry. Well, that's it. She had two doctor friends and they went out for dinner, this um, this lady, and she said they were doctors and they were on call. Yes. And their pager would go. And they weren't even rushing yeah. to the job as fast as she rushes yeah. for a, a message about something that hadn't been delivered. Yes. They were like, oh, I've got to go to the hospital. And then they would sit for another 10 minutes and finish their coffee. She was like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> not even the doctors are rushing as fast I'm as I'm rushing more than them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was, yeah. Boundaries. And then, and mm. Boundaries. Yeah. Mm, boundaries is a big topic, but um, very important one. So, so stress um, has been a big big um, lesson for me on how much damage stress does to your gut health mm. and um, and and your brain the chemicals yes. in your brain how much serotonin it sucks up oh. and um, so stress leads to all sorts of health problems and so that was the way that I managed to convince myself to finally take my own health seriously was like yeah I want to be a healthy mother to my children and mm. that doesn't mean being thin no although that nice that would it be means- nice yeah, it means being. It wasn't that nice when I was too thin, though. Just, not, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and that, that takes me back to that whole postpartum grace that we don't have with yeah. our bodies. There's another thing that I read. From, I'm spending too much time on my phone, but um, the <laughs> about this woman who was having a real crack at um, those fitness ladies who are making mm. multi-million dollars com- dollar companies who are making so much money yeah. off women on these twelve-week programs where women yeah. they go on the twelve-week program. It's unsustainable, and they put mm. the weight back on afterwards. And, yes. And, and the question she was asking was, what's wrong with the weight? Yeah. Why do we think that a body that has created three human beings shouldn't mm. have a little padding around yes. the boobs? You know, children love soft bodies. Yeah. They love to hug, you know. And my kids do. They love it. And we talk about it. I try to keep a really healthy body image with my children, yeah. even though I'm not necessarily feeling it on the inside. Yeah. Of, um, oh, that's so important. Yeah. If my boobs weren't so big, then where would you put your head, my darling? <laughs> That's one of the things we talk about. And then, you know, I like to shake my booty every now and then. And so the kids know that I think I have the most beautiful bum in the world. Yeah. It might be a few sizes larger than I would like, but they don't know that and no. I'm not telling them. <laughs> That's awesome. And your girls will grow up thinking, That's just normal. It's meant to That's be like normal. that. Yeah. I'm not interested in them being told no. that they are failing if they are not disciplined enough to work out for an hour every day. I'm oh, not interested. But I'm interested in working out yes. and in order for my heart to be healthy and mm. my body to move and so that my lymphatic system exactly. works better. I'm not I'm not going to do it anymore because I'm told I have to look a certain, a certain way. way. That's perfect. To yeah. feel happy. And that's... um. That's huge. But yeah. I really loved what Dr. Natasha said in your last Oh, podcast. wasn't it great? <laughs> but what she said actually about fat holding toxins and how if, if you're struggling to lose weight, and this mm. goes up to all the mamas in there who often ask the question of why am I eating sweat yes. and not losing weight? It's because of that river of toxins. Mm. Oh, that was really powerful to, to hear because that, that really uh, cements for me that my body will start to lose the weight when it's ready. Yes. Um, and – 
just that pregnancy, it was a toxic pregnancy. Yeah. And um, my body's holding on to that weight. And I know it's a hormonal thing as well. And I think they're related. Mm. But the really powerful message for me was that um, my body will lose the weight when it's ready. And then that was right when I went back onto intro yes. to try and get my life back. So it was um, 2018. I have a diary and the, it's the year of learning one, how to remove the stresses and then how to have boundaries with work, yeah. um, uh, even with my children. Yes. They need boundaries this, um, with uh, acquaintances, with um, also with my the thoughts that are running around in my head. I need boundaries. Mm. I need to actually be able to say that thought's not helpful yeah. and put it aside. Um, and uh, and then to get my, my body back into just running a bit smoother. So I went mm. back on intro for a few weeks and it was astounding to me um, how quickly my body responded. I, um, there were two things that were astounding. The first was how heavily I detoxed. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. What, what was the symptoms, the detox symptoms? Well, for me, it reaffirmed all the stuff. I had chronic fatigue syndrome for many years. And yeah. the, if we go back, I had chronic fatigue because I had Epstein-Barr virus. Yes. And I think that this is something that goes completely under the radar. I had uh, two bouts of glandular fever. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're going to start seeing a lot more coming out about what glandular fever does to your lymphatic glands. Yes. And basically shuts them down. Wow. And so then you develop chronic fatigue syndrome because your lymphatic system, which cleans up all the toxins that don't go through your gut. Mm. It, 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 it cleans it up from your eyeballs and your muscles and your bloodstream and your bones and helps it to move out of the body in the correct way. Yeah. But if your lymphatic system's not working problem, properly, then when you detox, you feel it. You feel every toxin trying to get out of your body and not being able to get out of your body. Yeah. And unless you have very, very good strategies, and even if you have very, very good strategies, it is very uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and so I was dry brushing. I was putting the sleep balm on my feet every night. I was uh, bouncing up and down on trampolines. Mm-hmm. I was taking activated charcoal. And all of these things were helping to make me feel a little bit better. But my, for me, the glands that are, you can feel the glands that are, have completely shut down are the ones just underneath my jaw. Okay. And whenever I get stressed, they, they go up almost like mumps. They go yeah. up. Yeah, India's the same. She has She's always had problems with those ones. Yes. And those ones, I believe, in my personal case, and this is not scientifically proven, but after that experience on intro, I believe that they trap uh, the detox the detox in my brain. Mm. I believe that they trap those toxins in my brain because my symptom, I don't have eczema, mm. I don't have diarrhea, yeah. I don't, you know, I've never had um, any kind of rashes or um, other detox pathway symptoms, um, but I get brain fog and I get depressed and anxious and, mm. um, and, and irrational. Wow. And so I really think that there's an actual physiological reason for that. Yeah. Um, and so I was even like digging my hands into the glands and dragging them down the whole time, trying to just yeah move it, squeeze <laughs> them back into life and, and massaging my temples and all of that mm. kind of stuff. And then that day it just, it wasn't there anymore. And I suddenly felt, wow. Stuart took a video. He's like, I need you to remember this. I'm like, I don't think I felt this good in years. I don't, I don't think I felt. And I just suddenly, I was doing loads of washing and you know, doing this. <laughs> Going for a run and doing this with and playing. With I swear, I did about fifty things in one day. It was amazing, and um, and and then the next day I detoxed again. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> so was that? So you feel that was how far into intro was that? That was about two weeks in. Wow. It was 
the first two weeks, the first few days were fantastic. Maybe like your body now and then gives you a break and says, okay, you can have a break from detoxing today, but we're back to it tomorrow. I think so. And what happens is uh, the breaks become bigger and the detox becomes smaller. And that's very typical. And so, um, and that was really wonderful. And I went, uh, when you, when you, have that day that one day it gives you so much hope <laughs> oh, but it yeah. also shows you what you've been dealing with for the last two years yeah you know like you see that night and day exactly exactly and oh, um wow. but one of the also amazing things i discovered was um that my body has been in a state of inflammation since i miscarried and um when oh. you are inflamed so you're so how long how long was that for like a year uh, so that was 2015 so wow three years yeah. so um uh, what happened was I miscarried and I was so sad and mm. grieving that I started fasting just as a very natural. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I was fasting, but I put on in one month, I put on 10 kilograms well, fasting. while I was fasting. So that's yes. a stress so, thing, isn't it? Well, it's, I think it is. I think it's a hormonal mm. thing. And I think that sometimes if you, if your hormones aren't are imbalanced, which is typical after a miscarriage and, and, yes. and completely normal, um, coupled with a detox system that's not really working very well mm. um, and a body that is inclined to go into a state of inflammation. Now, inflammation yes. is something that it should happen, but it should uh, end. It's something that should go up and down. It's a bit like when a muscle spasms. Um, sometimes you, you hear about women with their pelvic floor after childbirth spasming for like 10 years oh. and that you, be, you become incontinent. You know, you, women always talk about how, um, you know, they suddenly can't hold their pee in mm. after having babies. And you think it's because uh, – the muscles are flaccid, but it's actually because the pelvic floor is so traumatized by the experience right. that it spasms. Right. And so any extra work you do to it, it just kind of collapses. Right. And I've been on this journey as well. As you know. oh, um, wow. But the point is, I think that the body does that with inflammation as well. It, mm-hmm. it kind of spasms into a permanent state of inflammation. Yeah. And the foods that drive inflammation are all the nice ones. It is coffee <laughs> oh. and um, cho- chocolate. Yes. Um, and nuts and um, like the, the the high casein foods like cheese mm. and even for me a little bit of yogurt I'm fine yeah. on sour cream but yeah and um, so I actually I had I had been telling clients this for years and so I thought okay finally it's time for me to do it and so I cut those five foods out mm-hmm. and almost immediately I felt my body lick of water yeah. Yeah, and and just start. I felt that's I, I I threw my scale out a while ago, but I, I, <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it just is the most depressing thing if you yes, set yourself wakeful right. and you don't hit. Oh my goodness, my it goes up and down every day anyway. <laughs> exactly. um, but I noticed uh, my rings started to feel a bit looser. Um, yeah. My pants were a bit looser, and it, it was water. I'd say more than anything, uh-huh. but it was also, I think, when your body is in a state of inflammation, it. Um, it grips onto onto weight and fat and all yes. of that kind of stuff. It is willing to let that stuff go. Yeah. And water. So so that was an interesting outcome as well. Oh, that's um, so interesting. Yeah. It's so, almost like um, we could make a podcast about each one of those things, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's lots of topics in there that could yeah. Yeah. Um I'm just thinking with with all the stress that you went through and working through healing, have you got any words of encouragement for you know, especially the mums out there, there's a lot of mums that listen that, like I've talked to you about this before, Mary, that we do get a lot of um, sometimes private messages and emails but also comments in the private chat group for the program um, from mums who have been 
like super focused on healing their family and their kids and they've been on high alert for so long and like you they're realizing that they need to work on their own health now and maybe it's it's like six months down the track, maybe it's six years down the track, but they've realized that they've neglected themselves and they're really struggling with anxiety and the stress and the, um, you know, and it's, yeah. it's time to look at that as well. Have you got any words of encouragement for them and how they can begin on this for themselves? Um, for sure. Uh, I, think, I think sometimes we have to just take a moment and look at uh, the situation through logical eyes and not emotional eyes because mm-hmm. um, especially with anxiety and, and repeating patterns, it's kind of, it's exactly the same as if you are earning a good salary but yeah. you are unable to save every month. And I know this sounds like a weird uh, uh, analogy <laughs> but, but bear with me because it okay. does work. Um, <laughs> uh, and you can get yourself into a position where you just believe that n- nothing can change it this is how much I earn. I can't earn any more. Therefore, I can't spend any less. Therefore, I am going to be in the state of stress mm. about my finances forever. But if you actually sit down and look at it, you can actually work out there are my triggers. There's areas where I could go without that and mm-hmm. I could save here and I could um, – uh, it's it's um, it's exactly the same thing. It's yeah. the same thing when you look at uh, your family and how it functions. You have to consider everything. You have to consider um, – scheduling your time better mm-hmm. and not so that you're not always reacting and responding oh, so agree you have to have quiet times for everyone in the house yep. including yourself mm-hmm. um you have to look at your spiritual life mm. and what you are believing about yourself yeah that the lies that you believe in your head about yourself you have to start confronting them mm-hmm. you know and start um speaking to yourself in a in much kinder words and start yep. i believe in um Mine comes from a Christian point of view, but yeah. I believe in affirmations. I I have a mug. It's the best oh, mug in the world. We've talked about this before. I love this. <laughs> yeah. And my mug tells me I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. I am powerful. I am unique. I am perfect just as I am. Let me tell you, I wake up in the morning like a little superwoman and I stand in front of the mirror with my hands on my hips and I go, I am powerful. I am unique. And I've even got my daughter doing it and she comes into the room and she goes, I'm not better than anyone, but nobody's better than me. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. And she loves it. She she really absorbs it. And children love affirmations. And yeah. what you notice is that your tongue is incredibly powerful. And oh, what you are saying out so loud, it, it comes to pass, it whether does. you want it to or not. So yeah. what you should saying out loud, you should protect that. And you should be saying very positive things about mm. yourself and your family and your circumstances out loud, even if they aren't true yet. Yeah, it's what you want, and I honestly, I don't think people give enough attention to this. Oh, I, I agree, people... um, and especially like you were saying earlier about your body image and things like that in front of your kids. You may not really think that you're the most beautiful person in the world, but don't let your kids think that you hate your body. <laughs> oh no, and it's I think uh, you know, don't, it's something that I've had to yeah, yeah don't recover from it. Use language that makes them think that. Yeah. No, and you know one of the other things that we do quite a lot with the uh, with the kids is we I look at my daughter and I go, "You've got beautiful legs." They're so I don't. And then you think you think she thinks I'm going to say, "Oh, you know, you should model," but no, I don't say that. I say, "They must run very fast. Oh, they it. must take places very fast." And so you you ascribe. Sorry, my dog is barking it's very okay. loudly. <laughs> Just one second, I'm going to close her. It's okay. She's chasing, doing her job. She's yes, chasing right. my lovely friend away. <laughs> Your poor friend. Yes, she'll be fine. <laughs> She's in her car. <laughs> um, it, um, 
it's prescribing a, a practical use for every bit of the body and yes. the body that God made you and yeah. um, and human bodies that God has given us that self heal you know and mm. and you talk about that and 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 you focus on um, now this is I sound like I'm good at this I'm not good at this this is something that I, I try <laughs> to be good at I, I'm a work in progress but as, uh, ascribing um, very positive words to what has been the healing that you've done, mm. and also talking about the dreams of where you want to go yes. and speaking them out loud and speaking them into being. You know, I talk yeah. about um, things like that all the time. And and recently my husband and I um, started um, trialing, having a word on a day that we're going to spend together. Mm-hmm. We start off the day and we very consciously, again, this is very new, not mm-hmm. just something we've been doing all the time, uh, describe how we would like our day to go and we choose a word. Um, the other day we went to the beach and we chose the word delightful. Aww. Yeah, But I say that because we have not had many delightful days. They have been very stressful days yes. with a two-year-old yes. and um, and my very task-driven husband. So I've had to pull him back in and go, mm. the humans are just as important as the tasks. Let's yes. focus on, on being with each other and having a delightful day. And we talked about the word delightful all through the day and ended Aww. up having a delightful day. Yeah, because um, when you focus on it, you're much more aware of – doing yes. things that are going to help that work out. <laughs> and the amazing thing is it sounds mm. stupid until no, you do it for yourself. Yeah. When you do it and you actually, if you're both on the same page or if you and you can get your kids on the same page, yeah, just talking to each other in gentle tones mm. and establishing relationships that aren't fraught and based on violence and, yeah. um, and anxiety and, uh, um, and often I think uh, the kids respond to your own anxiety and stress. Definitely. You know, so what you see playing out with your children, um, and where the children are adding to stress and anxiety, it's often coming from a misunderstanding. They see it in you, so they think that's how they're supposed to behave. Yeah, um, and that's not to put blame on them on the mother or the father at all, but it is about awareness, self awareness, yeah. and and we have a set of family rules and um, I'm going to get these printed on on big canvas. Um, <laughs> they are um, honor and love and uh, self-control and responsibility. Yeah. And then there are a couple more, um, but the, the one I wanted to talk about is self-control. Yeah. You, ha- you have to uh, get yourself into a position where your emotions are under control mm. in order that you can have healthy boundaries with everyone. Yeah. And in order that, you look after you and people can trust you, excuse mm. my language, but, you know, not to lose it around <laughs> yeah. them. And then they start to, um, to, to, did I cut out there? No, <laughs> I can hear you. I can hear you. <laughs> they start to re- respond with their own self-control. So it's, um, it's a very big journey, uh, but it all starts with actually realizing that it's happening and mm. realizing the unhealthy patterns and, yeah, the food can do a great deal. Yes. Oh, good. The food can do a great deal in order to help stabilize big emotional sugar highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a reality that sometimes you have to go back to your childhood and deal with stuff that people mm. said about you, and uh, declare it to be untrue. And you know, and you have to actually do the hard psychological work and spiritual mm. work mm. Um, to heal as well. And yeah. I think for. With anxiety, I think that's a big one. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Mary and I have talked about this a fair bit lately and um, I find mm. Mary re- really encouraging to talk to about these things. And um, I wrote down... I don't think that I have too much more to say on that topic other than <laughs> um, find, uh, find time 
to analyze and to just write down some things that you would like to do differently and just start with small little tasks and and, uh, and move from there and let them get bigger and bigger as you go and, and diarize it all. Write a diary. Yeah. Um, sometimes I write my crappiest thoughts down, but I say the positive words out loud. Yeah. You know, um, and I've even been known to tear up a page and, and burn it. Yes. It's cathartic. <laughs> So Mary and I have been talking about this um, a fair bit lately and Mary's very encouraging to talk to about anxiety. Uh, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we've had a lot of emails from uh, mostly women, a couple of men um, who really struggle with anxiety and especially in the, when you're in the midst of all the stress of trying to heal your family, I think it can really take over and, um, I talked a little bit in our pro, in our gut health program um, group. We have a private support group there, and I talked about how it was something that I really struggled with years ago, and I had to learn, um, you know, my own ways to cope with anxiety and how to work through it. And it's funny, all the things that Mary mentioned just a minute ago are things that I had, you know, really worked out little by little as well. And um, so I ended up. Um, I can't remember how it came about, but someone asked about, um, you know, it's not just the food. I've been on gaps for, you know, however many months and I'm feeling like I'm not getting on top of the anxiety. So obviously it's not just a gut health issue. Um, what else can I do? And I remembered that when I had been working through anxiety, it was before we'd ever done gaps. Um, and I, I've always struggled with being an anxious person, I think, and it's a stressy kind of, like I said, I've got that, always got that urgency thing in me <laughs> that will push me to, um, you know, let my boundaries down like Mary was saying and, and then get pulled all over the place and get totally overwhelmed. Um, and so this is something that I've had to really work on in my life and it's a, like I reckon 80, 90% of it, of um, our healing, especially Isaac with the anxiety, was food related. But there's so many other things to look at as well. And uh, Mary and I are both in agreement on these things. And we really think it's important for, um, you know, mums to, like we said, take the time out to, um, to work these things out and not just keep pushing through and going, I can cope. I'm just going to do it myself. I'm I'm just going to, you know, I've got to be strong for the family. Sometimes you've got to take a step back and just, you know, work on things yourself a bit. Right, Mary? Uh, yeah, and I think also it's um, it's a real exercise in coming to understand things about yourself that you mm. haven't ever really um, faced. And, yes. And some of those are, um, can be very positive things. Um, one of the, the books that I read was Understanding Your Love Language. I love and that I, book. We did that just, yeah. years ago and, and also the ones for kids. They're so oh. good. So good. And I always thought if I had a love language, it was words of affirmation. Yeah. But what I discovered when I actually read that book coupled with a couple of other books um, was that that was uh, now that my self-esteem, having healed my family, I've got pretty good self-esteem now. I, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I rate myself as being somebody who's able to do things. That words of affirmation had fallen away huh. as my love language. I didn't need it so much anymore because my esteem, um, personally, my self-esteem was based in what God saw me to be. Yes. And those were those affirmation words. Yeah. And now I didn't need other human beings to tell me how good I was because I know how good I am in God. Yes. But what had become my love language 
was quality time. Uh-huh. Spending quality And I didn't know this. And I realized that my anxiety levels had been going up because my husband, whose love language is acts of service, yeah. <laughs> uh, saw the acts of service as more important than the quality time. Yeah. And so this was an, something that was really adding to my stress was my husband and I were passing ships in the mm-hmm. night and I was getting my quality time with him in order to fill up my tank. But he was um, busy doing lots of things for you so you yeah. didn't feel loved. <laughs> and that's it. And he and, and what he needed was for me to do things for him. Yeah. And what I needed was for him to just stop and yes. sit down and have a cup of tea with me. Yes. And, and the amazing thing was um, when I discovered this <laughs> revelation <laughs> was um, uh, that it was, you know, something that uh, I could, I could say, I could tell, tell him, but I only discovered it from a bit of uh, reflection mm. on myself and, and understanding and, and reading some, some books that are really helpful in, in steering you in the right direction in terms of relationship and because mm. uh, stress, stress is not a thing. Stress is a, a result. Yeah. You know, stress is a result of uh, relationships going badly. Yes. I agree. I agree. Um, for me, unhealthy yeah, boundaries. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. And this is what when when I what I was trying to say before is I started to write down my thoughts on all of this because I don't always speak really well. Like I, I get all tongue tied and I can't get my thoughts out. But if I can write it down, then it's then it's cemented and I can think it all through. And um, I was writing down my thoughts and anxiety for these women in the group. And I was talking, thinking to myself, what did I do that really helped? What, you know, what were the things that I found? And um, it, it just made, I actually found it a very cathartic experience. And whenever I, I do still get anxious at times, but nothing like I was back those yes. years ago. Like I, I can, it's like Isaac with his OCD. He's never, um, he feels like he'll always have OCD, but it's at such a low level now and he knows what to do when it flares. Um, it. Whereas before it was so bad that whenever it flared, it was something that he could completely not cope with and he would be a puddle on the floor and screaming, crying, couldn't feed himself. Um, and so I feel like I'm thankfully way past that terrible stage, but I remember what it was like and I don't want to go there again. And I've, I've learned to to cope with it I've learned to um, work through it but I think uh, one thing that we need to really focus on um, is to to know that you are precious and loved and that your life has purpose and um, I found it really helped my boys and it also helped myself to really step back and look at the big picture and to let go of all those little nitty-gritty worries and things that were constantly consuming me and making me feel like everything was urgent and overwhelming me and just get some perspective about the big picture and um, to see myself in God's hands surrounded by love and to accept that I couldn't control everything that happens. I can't control all the outcomes um, and sometimes I just have to let go, well, always just about have to let go and let God. And we've talked about this before, I think in a, I think we talked about it in the anxiety podcast yeah. yeah, and um, it's 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 foundational stuff. It is. It it's really is. so and foundational. The thing that always um, amazed me was um, how often we have a kind of we get we get our lives, we get our children, and our marriage, and our um, home, and there's still this space that's missing. People always mm. talk about it, and people generally tend to veer off towards midlife crises because of it mm. but that space I always, I always say to people that space is a god-sized space yeah you know? and <laughs> when agree. you fill it yeah and yeah. um uh when you when you fill it suddenly all of those things um the jigsaw puzzle of, 
falls yeah, into place. The lack of purpose and the lack of understanding mm. uh, just falls away. It yeah. stops being, being an, an, an issue. And so, it um, takes so much pressure off us always feeling like we have to control everything. Yes. Um, you, you know, and we, we think that everything's up to us as mum or, you know, as the healer of the family, but it's not all up to us and you do have to let go. But at the same time, you're not alone. No. And you yes. are a beautiful part of a grand design. You are, you know, you are part of something beautiful and um, just let yourself, you know what I've really noticed with a lot of people, they have this same experience that you push, 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 trying to do something your own way or trying to get something to work exactly in the time frame you want or whatever oh, it yes. is. And then you go, this is not working. You go, <laughs> I give up. And you let go and then it all falls into place. Oh, and what it, do you know? And usually <laughs> in a different way than you expected. Um, and that's what I find with the, the anxious, stressy kind of way that I have been in the past and I sometimes am still, that I go, right, I've got to consciously let go of this and just, just leave it to God. <laughs> you do it. I can't do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. And a lot of the time, um, the stress that we are feeling is because we have put time frames or expectations yes, definitely. that no one else even knows exist. Yeah. And, and we, we have we think we're holding ourselves to them as if yeah. as if everybody is expecting that. Exactly. Yes. And no one else is expecting that. No one else is. That. And there's another um, stressful thing for people who are quite naturally passive. Um, conflict is stressful. Oh, very and the thing that yeah, That's me. <laughs> yeah. The thing Can't that's absolutely it. solved me is that there are people who actually quite like conflict. Oh, and yeah. those people often are like, you know, my worst nightmare. Mine too. <laughs> yeah. I want to say yes to everyone. But I can tell you right now that having a husband who actually quite likes conflict. <laughs> Mine too. Oh. Yeah, he said he loves it. He goes, he loves a good debate. Like we ask you to do things for us, assuming that you're going to say no, but you as a passive person <laughs> say yes. are assuming that you're expected to say yeah. yes. Mm. And it's such a revelation. Oh, you're expecting me to say no. So I don't have so I to say, say yes. no. <laughs> So it's, I don't have to say yes. Oh, the, what a relief. I don't know about you, but it's the people pleaser thing in me that's like, I just want everyone to be happy. I just want everyone to be calm. I don't want to fight with anyone. So you just kind of, that's when your boundaries just kind of go. <laughs> and we, and, and the people pleasing side yeah. of things is usually, the, um, it's God has made us peacekeepers for a yes, reason, yeah. but uh, he does not want us to have no boundaries. That's exactly Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Yeah. There are priorities that he wants us to focus on. So there's a, it's a really fascinating lesson in who you are as a person and, it and that it's actually, it's, it's okay to say no. Yeah. That people expect you to say no. People, when you don't have boundaries, people always kind of take you for a bit of a sucker. Yeah, they do. they do. They do. They <laughs> do. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, husbands that, that like a good debate or like to push <laughs> things a bit, um, yeah. it was it was when I started to have more boundaries and, and be more of a stronger person that things got better with our marriage. And I think that's very common. Um, you know, you've got to you've got to have those boundaries and be um, and at the same time, you know, letting go of any, you know, forgiving and letting go of oh, things that really amazing. aren't that important. It's all that that urgency and the yeah. tiny things are important, which generally are not like oh, the dirty cups on the sink or whatever. <laughs> and, I look, yeah, that's the, and I look at my husband as somebody who needs me to push back against yeah. his, um, his button. Me too. He needs to me know too. to let go. And I'm the, the one who yeah. needs to actually kind of learn that it's okay. It's okay. To, um, it's okay to be in conflict with people sometimes. Yeah. You know, even as uncomfortable as yeah. it feels, um, that's where you grow and you oh, learn. So true. 
Well, we've covered a lot of subjects. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) that was big. (laughs) That was good. Thank you, Mary. I always love chatting to you. Sometimes sometimes I go, Mary, I'll just ring you quickly, and then it's like an hour later. (laughs) I do not think people ever actually um, ring me quickly. That's why people don't call me anymore. (laughs) Oh, I would call you more, but I just don't want to be a pain. (laughs) No, I love it. I love having chats with you, Mary. So thank you so much for coming on today and chatting. Do you want to just um, quickly tell everyone about your balms because this is something that Mary makes like she was saying earlier she started a business when her baby was three months old and this is a really beautiful nourishing um, business that we want to help Mary sort of get it out there and we're actually going to be putting the balms in our shop Yay! <laughs> I'm making your order as we speak. That oh, and it's simmering away. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's actually, it's really grown into a very uh, firm statement. Um, before I was just making balms uh, for my son who couldn't tolerate any kind of chemicals. So the, mm. uh, we were going to hospital and the medicines they were giving him were sending him down into a spiral. Yes. Um, and I realized we needed to solve the problem before we got to the hospital, so, mm. especially by asthma. He could not touch the steroids or the, um, or the prednisones and the and the ventolins and um and the doctors wouldn't believe us when we got there so they would say well this is what we do and they would just do it anyway and, oh dear uh, so i needed to keep him out of the hospital <laughs> that yeah. was the, where we got to. so i started making um reading up about uh homeopathic remedies and uh essential oils and uh, um everything you know and i was like mm. well how do i bind them together and, and with no toxins because this kid could not tolerate toxins at all yeah. um and so i you know I, re- I came up with some recipes and um and we started using them on the soles of his feet and um and then uh, I, I, would, I gave one to my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law features is all these seminal moments when things change in my life. She's always the one who's been pushing me. She sounds like <laughs> a good, good person to know. <laughs> good, good um, and she was like, you need to sell these. Because um, she had a burn on her hand that wouldn't go away for months. And she put some of the healing balm on it and it went away. We were wow. there in New Zealand for one week. And it, within that week, it had gone away. And she couldn't believe it. And, and I was really chuffed. Um, and so I, I came home and I started um, making little batches and selling them to our local co-ops when we were in Brisbane. And just, it just kind of very, again, I look at, at the grace that God has over my life. It, mm. it grew at a pace that I could cope with. Yeah. It just grew, but it always growing, always growing. That's and more good. and more people wanted to buy, you know, just, and, 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 um, and that's the sign of a, a real authentic um, business. You know, it's not yeah. something you're pushing and it's an overnight success that crashes in a year. It's something that gradually grows and it's organic and yeah. it's, um, and it's real. Most of, yeah, most of the people who buy the bombs from me are repeat buyers. They, they, and that's where the um, the real very firm mission statement from mm. the little company has come from, which is um, the good mood food. They're remedy bombs and they help you to detox your medicine cabinet. And yeah. I can't stress how important that is. They yep. basically, for us, they have moved the chemical toxic medicines out of our medicine cabinet. Yeah. And now we go away on holiday with just my remedy balms and some band-aids. That's amazing. You know? yeah. yeah. And um, we still have Claritin um, in there mm-hmm. just in case Danny has an allergy yes. reaction. But it's kind of getting old and used by dates. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't been needed. That's awesome. Yeah. But the point is um, – it's, I don't reject Western medicine. I don't. Yeah. I, I mm. think that um, that Western medicine. I always say this: they are so good at acute mm. care, and keeping. They kept my son alive, and um, yeah. But I think that there's a time where we all have to reclaim our power as mothers. Yes. In the same way that um, Doctor Natasha said, as mothers, you have to take back your 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 innermost medicine woman, you know, mm. and um, and start looking at, at at the things that you're putting on your kids' skin, yes. sunscreen. And, and the medicines and the um, mm. you know those uh, steroid creams for eczema and mm. and understand that 
God has provided everything we need to keep ourselves well yeah. um, without any of those toxins in it. And that's what we're trying to do at Good Mood Food. We're trying to um, teach people how to detox, not just uh, just their diet, but mm. also their medicine cabinet, which yes. is such a um, – I mean, you look at the opioid um, crisis that they're talking about mm. in America. It exists everywhere in the world where people are dying uh, in record numbers from pharmaceuticals. Yes. You know, that's, uh, that's the stuff. Sad. I don't want that in my house. No, you know? don't want it in your family if you can. And I, I don't, and I need my kids to understand at the youngest age mm. how to how to treat this up, their bodies and how to treat their skin and how to always look for the natural remedy first. And if yes. you need the antibiotics, you take the antibiotics. Mm. You know, I'm not I'm not saying yeah. you die. No, <laughs> don't touch obviously. Yeah. But I'm saying it's Western medicine should be for a last care. resort. Yeah, Keep it care. should not be for chronic mm. chronic health. So um, yeah. where possible, just detox. Yeah. And I mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts, just might have been the last one about the black, the black poultice cream that you have and how amazing it was for India's hand. I don't know if I told you the end result of that. Um, I said to her the other day, so have you had any pain from it? Because when it happened, when I had singing tree um, brush against my knee just slightly, when I was a teenager, it hurt for a year. Oh and my gosh, that's yeah, crazy! Yeah, it was most. It was off and on, but it was whenever it got cold or wet or the wind blew on it, it would just ache. And um, I said to her, have you had any problems? She goes, no, now and then it was a little bit like it it itched a tiny bit the next day after she put the poultice on it, but the soreness was gone. She said, now and then you can kind of feel it, but it's really just gone. I was just like, wow. And that was like, you know, after a couple of weeks. So that stuff's magic. So we need to get that into the shops up here for the far north Queensland for all the people that have stinging tree um, accidents. So I put it in my, yeah. my son got a wasp bite and these wasp bites tend to sting, hurt, and then just get worse and worse and worse and worse. Oh. And I just put it on straight away and it stung, hurt, and pulled out the toxins and it never got worse. And wow. So it just, it's an incredibly powerful active yeah. ingredient, that, that charcoal. It's beautiful. So um, you'll be able to hopefully um, within the next week or so we'll have them up in the Quirky Cooking online store. But before, if you're listening to this podcast before then, um, there's also – of course, Mary's website. We won't have the whole range, but we'll just have a few in the store because I just think they're too good not to share. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, Mary, um, we'll put the links on the page anyway for all all the things that we've been talking about. I've been taking notes to remind me which links to put on the show notes. But thank you so much. And if you think of anything else I need to link to, send it on. <laughs> yes, I will. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just mention too, if any of you are um, interested in, learning more about what Mary and I were talking about with the anxiety and what we did. I'll link to the anxiety podcast that Mary and I did a a year or two ago. And I'll also, um, if you want my article that I wrote on this, um, feel free to email help at quirkycooking.com.au and I can send it on to you. All right. Well, thanks so much, Mary. Big hugs. Love you lots. We'll chat soon, I'm sure. I'll let you go and look after your baby. (laughs) I can hear her calling me. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. All right, darling. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch.